7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Good evening and thank you for joining us on the show. Tabiso Musea is me, Katlako Mudiba and Loyolom Kalipia producing. Sylvester Komane is in a technical. We are continuing our build-up to next week's start of the ICC Cricket World Cup. We have been committed to that every Thursday since April. Uh, talking cricket, having spoken to the likes of Gary Kerstin, Lance Klusner, Alan Donald, Steve Elworthy, who is of course the MD of the tournament. And uh, last week we had the honor of speaking to Jonty Rhodes all the way from India. Tonight we've decided to not shy away from from the ghosts of the past like the Proteus team is doing we've chosen to look back at previous World Cup tournaments to find out where and how the Proteas got it wrong there have been seven World Cups since readmission and the Proteas have never reached the final losing in the semis four times in 92, 99, 07 and 2015 which was the last edition and tonight we've invited some players who've played in those tournaments Peter Kirsten will speak to us shortly he'll help us uh, look back at the 92 edition which was the first tournament since readmission Paul Adams will talk to us about the quarterfinal exit in 1996 and we've already spoken to Alan Donald and Lance Klosner about 99 but we'll hear from them again tonight as well as Buta Dippenar who was in that team in 2003 where South Africa did not get out of the group stages I'm sure we all remember that the miscalculation that happened against Sri Lanka and uh, they thought they needed a certain amount of runs and uh, it wasn't to be and uh, Sean Pollock after that resigned as captain and Graham Smith took over so there have been a number of heartbreaks over the years and actually here's a reminder of what's gone on at previous World Cups. They go for it! And Donald's run out, and Australia are in the final. The match has been tied. What a mix-up. Well, the Australian players, they probably can't even believe their own good fortune. South Africa lost their nerve, but it really mattered. At the end of this over, 229 is what they need. And so if they came off on Duckworth Lewis and they didn't go back on South Africa, so if they get one more run here, they're probably aware of it. There's one ball to go in the over. One more run and they can come off the ground and they get through. No run, but 229 is enough, is it? That'll end up being a tie. That's not good for either of them. It's the end of the over. 2.29 for six. So that was what happened in 2003, that miscalculation. There, yeah, it still hurts up until today. And the other part we played was that run out in 1999. But we're going to start by looking at 1992, our first World Cup since readmission. And after this break, we'll speak to uh, Mr. Peter Kirsten. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. Of course, Mr. Kirsten was part of South Africa's 92 team that reached the semis of the World Cup. Some say they were unlucky not to reach the final after rain interrupted play before the last ball of the 43rd over. They were really unlucky. South Africa required 22 of 13 to win, but with the two overs lost due to rain, the target was reduced to 22 of one a ball. And uh, Peter Kirsten joins us on the line. Mr. Kirsten, good evening, sir. Thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. It is an honor for us to speak to you. Well, thank you very much, and uh, absolute pleasure to talk to you. I hope you can hear me sir, from Cape Town. So, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me. And uh, to go back to 1992, that's amazing that uh, you guys still remember me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So we're going to get there shortly. But firstly, what are your thoughts on the Proteus chances at this upcoming World Cup? 
Well, to be direct, I think we're probably one batsman short. Only that's the only problem that I have. But I think um, you know, AB de Villiers has left the scene, but uh, a lot of a lot of guys have come to the party since then. I think uh, only reason I say that is because number seven, number eight batsman. I think Patrick Quayle has done so well in the domestic scene. David Miller. These are the guys that we're going to need to chase down like eight, nine, and over with five hours to go. It happens that way sometimes. Mm. That's the only problem I have because I think our bowling is very strong. I think Fafdu Plessis is a great captain and we've got a good top six, seven batting lineup. So in this format, which was the same in 1992, yeah. and I'm so pleased to, to see that this format has been reintroduced for the first time, like since 1992. So I think that's, it's, it's a very exciting, fair format. Yeah, everybody plays each other and then the top four goes to the semis. Very simple, no super sixes or other fancy stuff here. So I didn't quite hear that. No, I was just explaining the format that everybody plays each other and then the top four goes yes. straight to the semis yes. and there are no super sixes. Yes. yes, that's right. So there's a bit of luck involved with weather and umpiring decisions and things like that. <laughs> so, so I think it's a great format and it's happening in England. I think it's uh, we're in... In, in, in store for a fantastic, exciting World Cup. Yeah. I've looked at the odds and I see that the Proteas are not being mentioned as one of the favourites for this tournament. Does it probably work in their favour since there are no expectations or will there be pressure from home? Well, you know, we've always been one of the favourites since 1992, although not so much 92 because it was our first ever World Cup. But we got to the semis and you've mentioned 22 runs of one ball. Mm. But I think since then we've had dramatic Losses in the semis, like <laughs> all kinds of other things, drop catches, missed runouts, and things like that. So if we can keep calm, I think that's very important. I think we've got a great chance because South Africa, we love our sport, we love our cricket, and the hunger, the hunger and the passion is a very, very important factor And keeping calm under pressure. And now talking about expectations, Peter Kirsten, did you guys have expectations in 92, considering that it was the first World Cup for South Africa since readmission? Well, you know, when you get to these world stages, it's not just cricket, it's all other sports as well. It's a case of, I remember Pakistan in 1992, led by the president, president of Pakistan, Mr. President. Imran Khan, yeah. a great friend of mine, and I played against him many times in kind of cricket. And he became president of Pakistan. He basically won the World Cup, him and Vazim Akram, mm. in 1992. South Africa, we beat Pakistan twice, once in the round-robin stages and, and one in a, in a pre-tournament friendly match. And he gave his team a rollicking at losing both those matches against South Africa. They went on to win the World Cup against England in the final because of brilliant individual performances and brilliant leadership from the president of Pakistan, Mr. Imran Khan. Yeah. But how was the feeling, Peter Kirsten, of playing at a World Cup and just being the first South African team to do so post-isolation? It was absolutely awesome for me at that time. I'm 35, 36 to crack a World Cup, my only World Cup. And the release of Nelson Mandela was a huge factor in getting South Africa back into the world sporting stage. So... I grasped that opportunity, having initially been left out of the initial squad, but got back in because of my form mm. and through the help of others. So that's important. It's about 
taking a chance. England is a great stage to go and win this World Cup. And youngsters coming in, the senior players, I think, are going to be very, very important for Fafu Pussy, who I think is a very good captain. And at the age of 35 or 36, did you believe that you would get to play in a World Cup? Well, you know, always I kept my form, I kept my fitness in the domestic South African scene, and I think of Hashim Amla now. Uh, that some say his selection is not is, is unfair on keeping others out, but he's the guy. He can do a Peter Kirsten in this World Cup coming up because he's a senior pro. As long as his mind is good, he's not going with too much form. That worries me a little bit. But the hunger, the passion to grasp an opportunity to play in a world tournament in England is huge mm. for South Africa. Now, in 92, you beat Australia by nine wickets in that first match. Kepler leading the charge there with 80+. plus. You, 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 you were not out on 49. Was that the perfect game? Because it seemed like there were no nerves. Well, absolutely. So I think that's why they picked me eventually to be to handle the pressure in front of 50,000 people at the SCG, the Sydney Cricket Ground. So I think, you know, Kepler was named as captain. I was, I was a senior pro, and we got the, we got the tournament off to a very good start. So I think that's very important yeah. to be able to handle the sort of ups and downs as this format is presently. That's why I like the format, because it's no like easy games. Sometimes a bit of luck with weather, but your senior players have got to come to the party, no doubt. For those who've just joined us, by the way, we're looking back at the Proteas' previous World Cup experiences and uh, we are talking to Mr. Peter Kirsten who played in the 1992 World Cup and you can join our conversation at any time throughout the show on 0891-104-207 and on WhatsApp we do take voice notes on 061-4104-107. Now, Mr. Kirsten, you went on to win four of the next seven matches to make the top four and reach the semis before that ill-fated semi-final with 22 needed of 13. Surely, every believe that the team would get there? Well, absolutely. I think, you know, we had Brian McMillan and Dave Richardson, the yeah. current uh, chief executive of the RCC, who is now retiring. So I think, you know, we had, we, had the, we had the ability to go and win that game from there on. So it's just the way it worked. It was almost like saying from above. It's too soon for South Africa to win a World Cup in their very first World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas it's taken many countries years to win it. So I think, you know, it, 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 I've never seen grown men crying as I experienced that night. I was about to ask, how hard was it to take when the scoreboard changed from 22 of 13 <laughs> to 22 of 1? <laughs> well, in those days, I think it was the clock curve. Now they call it the Duckworth-Lewis yes. sort of system, which is a much fairer system. So... <laughs> What can you do? Sometimes you're at, at the mercy of, 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 of the man above. So, But, you know, for me, Nelson Mandela was released, and we were all waiting for that. And that uh, was, what, 28 years later. He has another big chance for us to go and, and have an awesome time in England. We spoke to Jimmy Cook a couple of weeks ago, about two months ago on the show, and he felt that he should have been at that World Cup and he wasn't picked. As a group, did you feel that he was missing? <laughs> <laughs> well, my goodness gracious, you're getting me going here, buddy. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was cleverer. Yes, he should have been, but you know what? <laughs> I, 
I got on very well with Kepler Vessels and Dr. Ali Bacher, and mm. I didn't allow myself to get drawn into the press by being allowed to a photograph of Jimmy Cook pushing plow, the late plow brass in a wheelchair. I just kept quiet. <laughs> 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 and, and you know what? I was in good form for Buddha. Yeah, so, so they put me in the side and I had a great tournament. So there we go. Sometimes, you know, you've got to play a bit of politics. Yeah. And we've got yes. Colin that's called us from Cape Town. Now, Colin, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, good evening. Good evening, Peter. Hello, good how are you, sir? Oh, Peter Kirsten, good evening. Yes, good evening. Wow. Do you know something? Uh, I miss Sorry? you on the radio. When you were, um, about a year or two years ago, you were doing com uh, commentary on the radio. Yes, sir. And you know something? I'm not putting a feather in your cap. Out of all the commentators, Nigel Mansell and yourself, used to yes. give us few placings. And what strokes players played. A cover drive, a straight drive, and all those things. Now today, Peter, we are listening to a great shot, good shot, nice shot, wonderful shot. As far as I know, when yeah. I played cricket in my days, there was no such shots in the books. So <laughs> I think uh, I'm giving you a compliment. You always gave you and Herschel Gibbs, when Herschel Gibbs commented, and you guys always gave us field places and things like that. Where the ball's gone to, where's, you know, where's uh, the floor places and things like that. And you know, what I don't understand in our modern cricket now, in, in South Africa, I'm talking about South Africa now, that um, we go without, uh, say about two, three, four minutes, and then they're having conversations of their own, the commentators, and then, yeah. oh, he's been bold, he's been, <laughs> and so and so. Now, Peter. Well, I, I think so. Peter. I think so. You know, the important thing is to have a feel for the game. I missed my commentary terribly on SABC Radio 2000, but they never renewed my contract two years ago, so I never, <laughs> never gave me a reason. So I really loved it, and I still hope to get back onto it somehow. But I think the important thing is to have a feel for the game and play the game at the highest level, and to be able to to commentate about it. And as you see a bowler or an over a situation of a match, but I thank yeah. you so much for your for your. your, uh, your Peter, your, one your one more last uh, one more. Um, um, Shane Warne, you told us a story. He could yeah. never get you out there at uh, a certain yeah. game. I can't remember which match it was. He called me and he, and he walked up to you and said, "Hey, what must I do to get you bloody out? You da, da." <laughs> What did he call yeah, you, he, Peter? What did Shane Wan call you? He called me Desert Head. <laughs> yeah. He just. No, uh, Peter. Because yeah. he couldn't get me out. So he called you. Uh, good one. Thanks for that call, uh, Colin, in uh, Cape Town there. Uh, we appreciate it and thanks for that. Peter, before we let you go now, is it mind-blowing yes. for you that the Proteas are yet to lift the World Cup trophy when you consider the talent at our disposal? You know, it's always a traumatic event. It's either a miscalculation on one run or how many balls to come or the rain, 22 runs of one ball 
or the prisoner ran out uh, or Donald ran out when we were going nicely in 1999 in mm. England. So it's always, I think, when I think back to it, except for the rain situation, it's just calmness under pressure. And definitely, uh, we, South Africa will always have the ability. The rugby, we've won two World Cups. So, you know, it's there. We, we, it's, we have so much ability. It's just the case. Faf Duplessis, for me, is a great captain. And if he can get his senior players, Hashim Amla, Conan de Kock, Dave Miller, Beth Lequire, all these guys, they can do it. The senior players and the captain are vital. And finally, I can't let you go without asking you about being man-carded uh, by couple Dev. We all remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it happened again now in the IPL with uh, Josh, Bat- Josh Butler and yes, Ravi yes, Ashwin. Yes. What's your take on that? <laughs> you know what? We were naive in those days getting back into national cricket. He did warn me. Capo Dev warned me twice mm. and then eventually did the deed. But he ran me out. It was a test series or ODI series in South Africa yeah. because I had scored a brilliant 84 against India at the 1992 World Cup, one man of the match. So they targeted me. This is international cricket. We have to, we have to toughen up. Mm. Josh Butler was unlucky because Ashwin, I was surprised that he did it because he wasn't attempting a run and he wasn't warned. Mm. So I think the RCC should do away with that whole thing because it's a crazy way to, be, to, to get out. But yes, you learn from it, no doubt about it. Kapodev said to me years later, he said, Kersey, you know what? We were both getting old at that time <laughs> in 1993. <laughs> so you think there yeah. should be a rule that's clear in black and white? Yeah, I think so. I think RCC, they should, you know, it's, it's a crazy rule. A warning is fair enough. Yeah. But the umpires should just, they should come to the party at the beginning of each game and say, look, this is not going to happen because young people are watching. And it's not the way to do it. I do a lot of coaching at mm-hmm. schoolboy level, and you won't believe how they imitate what they see on TV. Ah, because they've seen it, yes. And finally, yeah. back to 92. Did the best team for you win the World Cup in 92? No, not the best team, but the great leader, Imran Khan. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, not the best team because we beat them twice. <laughs> and we yeah. did. We beat Pakistan yes, yes, twice. Yes. It's, it's, it's hard to go. That's why I like this format. Yeah. Because there are no easy games. There's a bit of luck and whatever happens. So I think it's uh, it's good for the public too Great. and the media. Great stuff, Mr. Peter Kirsten. Thank you very much for finding time to speak to us. It's good to hear from you and we really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. I will be in England watching as well. Great, great stuff. That's Peter Kirsten there, Proteas legend uh, himself, of course, uh, Gary Kirsten's uh, older brother, uh, Peter Kirsten. Up next, we go to 1996 with Paul Adams. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. And we're continuing looking at previous World Cups. 96 was held on the subcontinent, India, Pakistan and Sri Lanka. And Coach Paul Adams joins us on the line now. Coach, good evening and thanks again for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening. Before we get to 96, Coach, a week away from today, actually, from that opening match against England for the Pro Tiers, will that be a big game in deciding how the tournament will pan out? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great um, sort of a, a tone setter mm. uh, for the tournament. Uh, everyone always expects that we'll humbling over the game. 
And uh, what a great uh, matchup between England and, and South Africa. I feel that England is probably the, the, the rated number one and, and the favourites to win the tournament in their own backyard. And uh, the South Africa's come in there, underdogs, nice and quiet. Um, and really, they've in the media, you've seen them come up and say that you're just here to have a lot of fun and enjoy our, our tournament as a, as a bunch of guys. We, we'll probably see some, some players play the last uh, World Cup for South Africa and some will be beginning the journey in World Cup. Mm. I just asked Paul Kirsten about what you said. They seem to be going under the radar. I mean, Peter Kirsten, sorry. They seem to be going under the radar, uh, the pro tiers here. Do, do, do you think that's a good thing? It might work in their favour? There's no pressure? Yeah, I think, look, um, if you look at form over the last couple of months, and that, um, South Africa hasn't really put themselves in glory and, and been up there as that form side. So it's very different for South Africa. I think every World Cup we've walked in there and, and been one of the favourites and been one of the top sides in, and had a lot of expectations about them. So this one, very different. But we've got lots of match winners, lots of potential and, uh, and some superb world-class players who have dominated over the years. We're looking at previous World Cups now. You played in 96, and I actually saw yesterday on Twitter that you posted uh, something about that 1996 World Cup. How are the memories of that World Cup for you? Yeah, I threw a little throwback. Uh, actually, it was, this, was it this morning? It was this morning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this morning. Um, it, was a, it was a game between Pakistan and one of the games I played. And uh, if I just talk about that game, the atmosphere was actually my debut in the World Cup. Hmm. Um, was absolutely amazing um, because it was during that season of Magic when I, I made my debut. Um, so having played with my years where I posted on the wall um, in the South African side, I got the opportunity to actually meet and play against some of uh, guys who have idled over the years growing up. Um, for me as a young cricketer, it was amazing. I got to what my roommate was Sean Pollock. I thought him wow. up in, uh Gangster Paradise from Cuneo, so the kids made in our room. <laughs> Got introduced to some rap music, and he still remembers it today, so that was a bit of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, being part of that tournament was between Pakistan and India, so yeah. it, was, it wasn't very easy because lots of long trips, um, traveling between uh, the venues and and, uh, and and India today, compared to India back in 96, and Pakistan it was very different. But for me, it was just embracing the culture, embracing the tournament, and uh, yeah, being part of it was was absolutely amazing. Wasn't there a lot of you guys as the spinners, you and Pat Simcox, considering that the tournament was being played on the subcontinent? Yeah, we played big roles in those games, and uh, if I remember, I only got to play in, in actually those key big games. It's mm-hmm. like they were keeping me under wraps, not wanting to let the secret out. Um, if I think back, I actually have wanted to play in probably all those little games, get into the tournament, get into form, understand what you need to be doing on those surfaces instead of being hidden away, you know. Um, uh, the likes of Tim Cox and all of them got that opportunity to play against UAE, play against Holland. Um, so that wasn't there for myself. So it's all in hindsight. It, I was a young player. I never ever really stood up for myself. or I was just told, yeah, yeah, you go and play. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all when you look back and you think about it um, and strategies going into it. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, unfortunately, we, we walked in there as one of the favorites. We had mm. very hot form. 
um, going into it, and unfortunately we got um, undone by a great West Indian side uh, in the quarters with Lara getting a hundred. Um, and if I remember, uh, they played all the left of the spinners uh, mm-hmm. against us, and we just got stuck and just couldn't keep up with the other. Yeah, but before that quarterfinal, I mean, the team had cruised through the group stages, winning five out of five. Was the confidence growing with every game? Yeah, very confident, and I feel that sometimes though uh, the way the tournament was uh, sort of how it, it positioned in in terms of group stages and then into quarters, um, it can give you a full sense of where your confidence is and who you're up against. Um, because in your group, you probably only got one or two sides that you just you, you kind of cruise cruise through, um, and one strong opposition you can qualify through. But I feel if you compare it to this World Cup. Um, and I remember back in '92, they played this format that we're playing this year yeah. um, in England. Um, I, I'm a big fan of it. It's everyone plays everyone. Top four, best four, goes into that knockout semi-final. So for me, that's the format to go, and you'll know exactly where you are within the tournament and if you're up to standard and, and or not. Yeah, and then you mentioned that quarterfinal against the West Indies. Brian Lara are scoring a hundred, but the spinners I think took four wickets there. But was it just one of those days where you just couldn't stop the great Brian Lara? Yeah, he was he was in the blind room. I think he, he took some fashion across the park in that game. Um I know everyone criticized him and said Alan Donald didn't play in the game and, and I played. Um but yeah, probably I had to I opened the ball up at the back end as well in the game. Um, so there were different views towards that that sort of game, you know, and, and leaving out the great Alan Donald was was probably a big mistake. But for me, it was just our batting just wasn't up to standard. We were cruising it. Um, so then it just came on and tied it up. You know, Jimmy Adams, Keith Arbison, um, Carl Hooper, all of them were in that squad, and they just played those spinners um, and, and tied it up and too much pressure towards the back end. Yeah, and I think the West Indies made 260-odd there and the Proteas could only get to 245. There was also criticism about Pat Simcock probably uh, bowling from the wrong side over the weekend instead of around to Brian Lara. What did you make of that? Yeah, look, it's, <laughs> it's negative. Uh, trying to just try and hold him off and then he just kept playing a late cut, I remember. Um, playing very fine for four and that and he was in that sort of mood and and you know, great players stand up at, at key moments for for their countries. And and if if you look at that, especially that innings, and you go through past World Cups, you always see top great players taking through right through to the end um, of a tournament and and stand up and and have great form within it. So any of these teams that are playing in this year's World Cup will want their their key players to be standing up. So for South Africa, it's important that your senior guys who uh, got this opportunity to to try and win a World Cup for South Africa, it's so important to come in with form and or to find form within the tournament when it comes to those crunch uh, stages. What I also remember about that World Cup in 96, Paul Adams was Ramesh Kaul, Luvitarana and Sanath Jayasuriya blasting through the first 15 overs. Was that expected or did that strategy catch everybody by surprise at that World Cup? I think that was when the introduction of a pinch hitter uh-huh. uh, came in, um, where they, they brought a complete different strategy to the game, and Sri Lanka just blasted everyone, Salachaya and and the cool and calm captain of uh, Ranatunga, you know. So, mm-hmm. But they had some silky players, you know. Um, Aravinda just over 
or a super player. Will Littrell was actually instrumental, especially in those con- conditions. Um, early on, uh, people weren't understanding what he was doing with the ball and all of those things. So, yeah, they, they were always a threat through the tournament and, and went on to win it. So, um, Sri Lanka was a big force there. And, and that's what sometimes happens when you, you catch everyone to start surprise and how they're going to go strategy-wise. But, um, but, yeah, it was a very exciting one. Um, playing against all, the, all those players. Yeah. Did they change the way the game was played after that World Cup? Yeah. Um, often, if you, if you go through a few World Cups, there's, there's, oh, they're often setting a new trend within the World Cup. So it will be interesting to see um, how this World Cup stands out. And if there is an introduction of new strategies um, of how they're going to go about playing it. Because um, if you think back, 92, the opening bowlers, it's of New Zealand. Um, that strategy also surprised people. Um, so it, it, it really kicked on after that. Even most teams use the order batters to pass them to, to, to pinch it and, and bat up front and accelerate the innings and instead of just setting that foundation and playing mandate cricket. So um, it, it really it's World Cups are exciting to watch. Um, Watch out for different strategies and and uh, trying just to trying to surprise different teams, you know, and and not be unpredictable. And what do you make now of the Proteas not wanting to look back at previous World Cup or thinking too much about it? They've all been saying that it's a fresh start. They've got new players. Is that the way to go? Yeah, I think it's a good way um, to to really set up a, a tournament. I think they're all going to understand that. It's it, it, it's never going to be a smooth sailing. Um, expect the, the rocky seas, you know, and up and down. It's just make sure your character is strong um, and that you have a clear focus on what you want to achieve in, in different uh, situations that get thrown at you. Um, sometimes World Cups are all about winning those big moments and those key moments when it comes to effort. If it's an opportunity to give a run up, you need that luck that you're going to be hitting with some. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want Lady Luck as well to be falling away in certain situations. Um, and, and some, you know, the old saying, you make your own luck, train mm-hmm. hard, work hard, enjoy yourself, and, and don't really be bitter about certain things. Make sure it's a good team environment, and sometimes the luck falls away. Great stuff. Paul Adams, thanks again for speaking to us on SAFM, Coach. We really appreciate it. I remember, if I remember correctly, the last time we spoke to you in Cape Town, didn't you say you're a Spurs supporter? Hey, sorry? Are you a Tottenham supporter? No, no, I'm not a Spurs. I'm a Newcastle. Oh, you're Newcastle. That's the team. <laughs> oh, that's the team. Oh, yes. Spend some money and buy some quality players. Yeah. <laughs> and keep Rafa, please, eh? Mike Ashley must give Rafa some money. Thanks, coach. Cool. Take care, man. Keep well there. Enjoy the Thank you, sir. Coach Paul Adams speaking to us about 1996. I knew he was supporting one of those uh, less fancy teams there, one of those smaller Nyana teams there, like a Tottenham or like a, a Newcastle. <laughs> anyway, let's move forward. Let's go back to 1999. We've looked at 92, 96, now 1999. And if you've been listening to us, you might remember that we've actually spoken to the 
two men that were actually the talking point of 1999, Lance Klusner and Alan Donald, about that run out in that semi-final against uh, England, against uh, Australia, rather in England. It is 20 years later now, so we thought we should pull uh, back, pull out some of those clips uh, that uh, from Lance Klusner and Alan Donald. So let's hear from Lance Klusner first about 1999 that run out, and he did remind us that he was player of the tournament, but nobody talks about that. Everybody wants to talk about the run out. We always look back to that semi-final, and you know, you talk about myself and you talk about Alan, but you know, chasing the chasing 213, you would expect your batters to play a large role in, in getting you there and thereabouts. You know, we shouldn't be relying on a guy like Alan Donald to to get you over the line. Or um, if I look back, yeah, obviously it was unfortunate we didn't get across the line, and you know, in hindsight, maybe we. Yeah, we could have made a, we could have made better decisions, um, but at the same time, um, you know, there was an opportunity for a run. Let's be honest. Um, but and had we not taken that and been bowled out the next ball, we would have all been saying, "Well, why didn't we take the opportunity before that?" But did he not hear your call? Was he ball watching? Because you ran the single could have been completed, like you said. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> okay, it was noisy. Um, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, what what happened was that the ball went up the wicket, went 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 straight up the wicket, and Alan, like any batsman, any top order batsman, would have had to have done was to cover your stumps, get back. Um, I had the bird's eye view, um, and I could see where where, where um, that there was an opportunity. Alan had to turn his back to get home in case um, in case the fielder, uh, excuse me, in case the bowler had fielded the ball. Um, and and his turning obviously didn't hear the call, um, and uh, I just saw it as an opportunity to get to the other side. I mean, look, I mean, if you watch carefully, um, I think I think we had ever fielded the ball. You know, if that had a go at the stumps and hit the stumps, I would have been run out. So, mm. yeah, I mean, let's please let's stay away from 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 blaming anyone. It's just it's just the beauty of sport and. So that is Lance Klusner. Let's get Alan Donald's version then. He was also on the show a couple of weeks ago. I had, I seriously had problems dealing with it, I, I have to say. And uh, I think uh, Bob Woolner at that time, he was also a Warwickshire coach. You know, I, I joined up with Warwickshire the very next day. Um, he thought it was worthwhile for me to see someone, you know, because it was a, it was a, a messy time for me because I blamed myself fairly and squarely um, you know the buck stopped with me, and um, and it was a, 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 a immensely difficult time to accept what happened, and um, and and also the, the the mail and messages that I got wasn't very friendly ones either. It was uh, you know luckily my wife stopped me from looking at any of letters and stuff like that that came my way, and um, but uh, the help that I got was was crucial. Um, I saw a psychologist, uh, you know, he made me look at that. Uh, they, they've got a method uh, or a, a thing that they use called flooding. You know, you, you relive the moment over and over and over again, so, which I did. And um, I actually felt a lot better uh, for seeing that so many times again. And, uh, you know, as the years went on, it got, it, I must say, got a lot better uh, to 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 uh, uh, to accept what happened, and and it's sport, you know, it's sport, and 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 things like that will happen probably again. So it's it's pressure, it's pure pressure, and sometimes you're going to make good decisions, and sometimes you're not going to make very good decisions. 
And um, unfortunately, that, uh, that day was a tragic day for South Africa. Well, that's Alan Donald talking to us about how he dealt with the aftermath of that run out, which people still remember up until today, of course. Up next, we go to 2003 with Buta Dipenar. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Let's now speak to Buta Dipenar, the man who played that most important innings in that 438 game by getting out for one so that Heschel Gibbs can come out and bat and join Graham Smith. Buta, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us on <laughs> SAFM. Uh, good evening. I'm glad you remember the game that I should have been man of the match because if I batted for another over, there wouldn't have been time left for the other to score the runs. <laughs> Definitely, Buddha. That's why I'm saying you played the most important knock of that game. <laughs> but we're looking back at previous World Cups, Buddha. Firstly, how do you rate the Proteus chances at this upcoming World Cup? Well, I would say probably the least of all the World Cups we've participated in because I don't think there's an awful lot of expectation compared to previous World Cups. Yeah. I don't think we've got as strong a team as we had in the past. And uh, and and I think there are teams that definitely on paper look stronger. But it can, act, it can act as an advantage because there's not much of an expectation. Yeah. And I think hopefully that is something that under the leadership of Fafti Plessy and Otis Gibson, they can harness and, and enjoy to say that we actually have less pressure on us because there's not an awful lot of people that give us much of a chance. Yeah. And now back to 2003, how special was uh, playing a World Cup on home soil? It was very special. It was a bittersweet World Cup in the one sense playing, representing your country uh, on home soil in a World Cup was an incredible honour. And I remember the, the night before the opening match uh, West Indies against South Africa at Newlands uh, where all the teams gathered in, in the stadium with a capacity crowd was very humbling and an incredible experience, but also very bitter in the way we we exited that World Cup um, and uh, and left, again, a lot of questions unanswered. Especially because of the way you played before that game against Sri Lanka, beating Kenya, Bangladesh, I think, by 10 wickets, Hamad, Canada. That must have been good for the confidence. It was good. The irony of it all is, you know, when you're busy with any professional uh, sport, be it cricket or whatever it may be, the line between success and failure is sometimes so fine. And the irony was, is had we scored one more run, and mm. everybody's well aware of the mess-up that happened with Duckworth and Lewis, yeah. the scores were tied and we exited uh, the round-robin phase, had we scored that run, we would have been top of our group. Um, so being from number one position to being exiting the, the tournament was, was, was a matter of one run, and a critical run it was. And how did you guys take that miscalculation, and how did it even happen? Well, the irony of it all was that we were aware of it, and we were trying to get that message out there, and Nicky Bouillier was the 12th and running up, and Steve Buckner kept chasing him off the field. In hindsight, it would have been easy to say he should have disregarded the umpire and just charged past him to say that remember that the calculation is for a tight game, and to win the game, you need one more run. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, uh, look, the day has been the better part of 16 years, and... Uh, to be honest with you, one's memory isn't always that clear and uh, it, it was one of those moments that we would have rather liked to forget than remember. 
Yeah. So the issue was that you couldn't get the message across to the guys at the crease. That's correct, yes. That's correct. And, and and Sean took it badly. He relinquished the captaincy. Did he have to take the blame alone? Did he take the blame alone? No, it's always tough to, to say that one person needs to take the blame alone. But the reality is in in business, in sport, that uh, the leaders are not generally first in the firing line when there needs to be accountability for some things that went wrong. And I think at that stage, uh, Sean just felt that he'd rather concentrate on his game and uh, and relinquish the captaincy to someone like Grant Smith. And did his confidence take a knock after that? Uh, Sean has always been a very positive person, and I, I actually think it, it it improved. I think the captaincy can be a very tough job um, because other people's uh, performance, other people's emotions have an influence on your own personal performance. Mm. And to be a very successful captain, you need to be able to distinguish team from individual, and you need to be able to use that basically at a flip of a switch, which is not easy for anybody to do. And finally, as we go into this World Cup, now there are suggestions that the Proteas must take a psychologist, somebody to work with them mentally. What's your take on that, considering what's happened at previous World Cups? Well, I think now to take a psychologist is a bit bit late. <laughs> I, I honestly believe that, you know, the challenges that we've had at World Cups are less to do with what has happened, what he's done in terms of preparation at that elite level, uh, at national level. And it's more what happens at World Cups, a reflection of what our systems produce. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen anybody at Cricket South Africa asking the right questions to say, what is wrong with our system so that we can produce the type of players we need to win World Cups? And I think up until we don't answer those questions, we are going to be hopeful and not certain of, of World Cup victories. Okay, great insight there. Buddha Tipanar, thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM, sir. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. That's Puta Dipinar. We're going to wrap it up now with the rest of the World Cups and just get a, another different perspective from a commentator, a former SABC sport commentator. Uh, Trevor Quick will speak to us next. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. Now let's get an overview from former commentator Trevor Quick. And I began by asking him if the underdog tag suits the Proteas. Well, I'm not entirely surprised that uh, we are not being mentioned as one of the favourites because, you know, I'm just a little bit worried. I think like uh, many people and and certainly supporters of of South Africa that our batting has been a little bit suspect um, in recent times. And you remember the drubbing we got against India in in the one-day series. And and those sort of things have um, worried us a little bit. And then also... The fact that um, you know we rely so much on our bowling, particularly our strike bowlers like Dale Stain and and Kafisa uh, Rabada uh, and even Ngidi, and so and and they have been um, injured just of late. And now, are they going to recover fully in time or not? And so, as a result of it, I think you know people are a bit worried about South Africa and. Uh, they feel that uh, obviously England 
are without a doubt the favourites because they've been playing so well in one-day international cricket recently and making huge scores. And um, we know India, with a much improved bowling attack, they've always had the batting. They are also uh, a side to be reckoned with. And then Australia, of recent times, have come back after having a bit of a lean time. They've come back into the reckoning, particularly with Steve Smith and uh, Warner back in the fold. So, uh, you know, South Africa have sort of drifted a little bit down the pecking order. But I think that's to our advantage, you know. Mm -hmm. To be favourites is not always a good thing. And the pressure, of course, will be hugely on England because it is in England. So I think we're in quite a good position where we can surprise a few people and hopefully we can get through to the semi-finals. Now we are looking back at previous World Cups on the show tonight and most of them have ended in heartbreak. Is there one specific factor that you can point, you can point to or is it a combination of factors at previous World Cups? Well, I think it's a combination of factors. I, I hate this terrible word choking because, you know, I don't really believe that the South African teams choke. Uh, we are very competitive by nature as, as sporting teams and there's no ways that I can believe that you can uh, attach a tag like that to South Africa. We've had some misfortune along the way, uh, and uh, yes, we, we've, we've done one or two silly things uh, which have resulted in us being knocked out at, at a crucial stage. Um, so I think a combination of a few misjudgments here and there, a, a little bit of bad luck, and so on. I mean, you think back to when we had to get 22 runs of one ball. Mm. I mean, we were coasting along in that game in, in Australia, uh, and, and it looked as though we were going to win that, and then the weather intervened, and suddenly, uh, you know, we, had, we went back, according to the Duckworth-Lewis system, and we had to get 22 runs of one ball, which, of course, is impossible. So that was uh, us being knocked out in a very unlucky way. Yeah. Um, I think that in 1999, the last time it was played in England, we made a mistake. I mean, Lance Klusner uh, hit two fantastic fours off the first two balls of the over, and he had basically four balls in which to get uh, one more run. And he hits it straight to, to mid-off and runs, you know. And as a result of it, uh, Alan Donald got run out. And, um, you know, that was just throwing away an opportunity there. So we've had a little bit of misfortune along the way. And, you know, the, the New Zealand one, I think, was uh, was very bad where, um, you know, Vernon Philander wasn't 100% fit and they, they forced him to play. I mean, even he said to the management, I don't think I should play. I think uh, Abbott should play in my place because what you needed to do on a small field... Uh, when you're up against uh, people like McCullum and Guptill and those guys who are big hitters and who can easily uh, hit you for six, you needed to bowl Yorkers to those sort of guys. And Philander is not that sort of bowler. He, he doesn't bowl Yorkers. The guy that bowls Yorkers was Abbott. And, um, you know, Philander said he's the man who should play. And, you know, they made a, a terrible misjudgment there. And we got knocked out as a result of it. So it's been a combination of factors. 
and certainly uh, a bit of bad luck along the way. And just back to 1992, Mr. Quirk, you covered that World Cup, the first one uh, since readmission. What was being said in the media at the time and uh, what were the expectations considering that it was our first World Cup post-isolation? Well, I think that we went into that with a, a pretty good side and with high expectations because, you know, we got back into international cricket in 1991. I went on that little three-match, one-day series tour to India, which was a great occasion. And then, of course, uh, I did the first test match uh, back into uh, test cricket in, in uh, Barbados in the West Indies in 1992. And then later we went to the to the World Cup. So... Uh, I, I think we gave a good account of ourselves. In fact, it was a tragedy in that test match where we only uh, needed about 180 runs to win uh, in the final innings, and we were something like 100 for two wickets with Peter Kirsten and, and the Kepler Vessels at the wicket. And, and we got bowled out the last morning uh, for something like 28 runs, you know, which was a huge shock to everybody. We were convinced that we were going to win, and uh, that was a big blow. But the performance that we'd shown there was indicative of what we could do. And as a result of it, I think that we went into that first World Cup with high expectations. Uh, and people recognized that South Africa is a powerful uh, cricketing nation. Because, you know, our Curry Cup, for instance, in those years of isolation, they were fantastic contests because uh, we had no... Uh, overseas opposition, so we really had to make our own domestic cricket very strong, and that we did. And as a result of that, we went into international cricket when we got back with some very, very good players. And uh, I just think it was unlucky that, uh, you know, we were knocked out, as I said, because we had to score 22 of one ball. And and then four years later, you also covered the '96 World Cup on the subcontinent, uh, having finished first in the group and then losing to the West Indies in the quarterfinals and having reached the semis of the first World Cup. How disappointing was that exit? I think that was very disappointing, actually. Um, but then again, we came up against uh, one of the greatest batsmen that's ever lived in, in Brian Lara, and uh, I just think we we bowled uh, stupidly to him. Um, you know, Pat Simcox, for instance, uh, I think bowled uh, 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 over the wicket to him instead of round the wicket to him. And, of course, he made 100 and, uh, you know, that was the end of us. But, uh, uh, again, you know, things could have been so different. You just get him out, for instance, and we, we, we could have been sailing because we had Hansi Cornier in those days as the captain and, and he was, I think, arguably the best uh, captain that South Africa's had. He was a very, very good cricketer and a, and a, and a good captain. And uh, we were a very strong side. So it was, again, a disappointing exit. Okay, that was uh, Mr. Trevor Quirk there just uh, giving us his own view on the previous uh, World Cups. Unfortunately, we cannot get through all of them because of uh, time. And uh, also the Proteas, by the way, are in action tomorrow. They're playing Sri Lanka in a warm-up match. And then uh, two days later, they will go to Bristol. They're in Cardiff now. They'll go to Bristol and play the West Indies before that opening match.
on Thursday next week. So a week from now, the protests will play England in the opening match of the World Cup at the Oval. And on that note, once again, people have been asking us if SABC will be showing the Cricket World Cup. Unfortunately, we are not. We we don't know at this time. But SABC Sport did say that they will communicate uh, with us uh, in the next couple of days. So as soon as we hear something, we'll definitely uh, let you know. But that's all the time that we have. Uh, my name is Tabiso Musia. Thank you to Katlakumudiba, Liolom Kalipi, and Sylvester Komane at the back. Song is is up next. By the way, well done to the Proteas women. Also, they won that T20 series against Pakistan. They won by nine wickets today in Pinoni. So they win that series at 3-2. Lizelle Lee with another half century today.